Hello and welcome to Dream Possible, where you hear compelling stories of people who have pursued their dreams against all odds and all reason in some case and made them possible. What can we learn from their journey? Well, that's why we're here. We're going to find out. I'm Maria Retan. I had a dream once to become a news executive in a major market check. Then I had a dream to establish my own communication consultancy and that's when Top Sales Strategies was born. Then I had a dream of creating a way to help journalists make a career change and that became Jump Team Coaching. Dreams can change as we change. So what's your dream? I want you to think about that as I speak with today's guest, Kimberly Spencer. She's an award-winning high-performance coach and trainer, Amazon best-selling co-author, international motivational speaker, and founder of crownyourself.com, which helps high-achieving visionary leaders build their empire and sparkle, I just love that, sparkle with holistic fulfillment in their bodies, businesses, and relationships. I have to say, I don't know what Kimberly doesn't do. We're going to get into all the myriad of things. I haven't even talked yet about selling five bags of glitter water to becoming an award screening screenwriter, to having her own Pilates studio. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So as you can see, lots of dreams, lots of dreams conquered. Kimberly, I'm really thrilled to have you uh, on Dream Possible today, all the way from the Gold Coast in Australia. Welcome. Yeah, Gold Coast in Australia, but I'm an American living abroad. So <laughs> people are like, where's your Australian accent? I was like, that would be because I don't have one. <laughs> you haven't gotten one yet, right? Because yeah, I don't. getting one for sure. Because he, <laughs> yeah. he's in, he's in pre-kindy here and he just, I, he started, he likes Vegemite now. I'm like, oh, gross, dude. <laughs> hey, he's assimilating really well, you know, yeah. I mean, props to him. That's, that is a, a tough thing to swallow from what I understand. So, yeah. yeah, that is, I mean, it, it is an acquired taste. The, yeah. the Australians acquire it from birth. Uh -huh. <laughs> and if you come over from abroad and you try it, it is, it is, I would just say it is something that, that, that is one thing that I believe is impossible for me to find delightful. Uh, well, that's all right. That I will ever use that word impossible on, but that yeah, right. That's okay. There's just a few of these things that we just refuse to eat eggs and mayo or two of mine. So, you know, we all have them. So, um, so when I was doing my research on you and I was reading all about you, I just was like, what hasn't this woman done? I mean, I feel like you have had a journey that's been filled with a lot of, it looks like a lot of goals and a lot of accomplishments, um, you know, and in kind of diving a little bit deeper, it looks like that you've defined your trajectory based on what you did originally with one perception of who you might be, and then kind of a switched perception um, kind of a before and after, if you will. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, being a high achiever and that before and after scenario that you found yourself in and just kind of walk us through that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my path has been looking back. It all makes sense to me because I've always been in the business of transforming people's stories as a screenwriter. I was transforming people's stories about uh, from, from the medium of film. And as a Pilates instructor, I was transforming people's stories about what was possible for their bodies after a spinal injury or giving birth or something. Um, after some sort of physical trauma, I was able to help them rehab their bodies so that they re 
redefined what was possible for their bodies. They, re they shifted their story. As an e-commerce business owner, I was transforming people's stories around what was possible, not only for their furniture, because we sold a functional piece of furniture that doubled as a backstretching device, um, and but we were also redefining what was possible for their back pain and transforming their stories of, of that. And so looking back, it all makes sense because now I'm in the business of transforming people's stories from a holistic perspective of what is possible for their life and their business and how I don't believe, I don't ascribe to belief that to the belief that you have to have your success at the expense of having a family or having a your amazing health or having um, a, a really beautiful body that you're just in love with. I love being able to be firing on all cylinders. And that's really what I, I do now in Crown Yourself is I transform people's stories from being that of a victim of their circumstances or a sometimes even a victim of our businesses because we create a business and then nobody builds a business to work 24-7, but somehow mo many entrepreneurs end up doing that. And so shifting that into a story of possibility of what's possible for their life, what's possible for them having the freedom that they want, what's possible for ha having their next level of ease and purpose and fulfillment so that they're, they feel success, not just in the form of money and in the form of business impact, but also in the form of like, they feel like a successful parent. They feel like a success in their bodies. And so my story really starts with just following my curiosity. I didn't know entrepreneurship was uh, an option really to have the income and impact that I wanted to have because I grew up in Hollywood. And so the only industry that I saw with people who were making the income that I wanted to make of multi-millions of dollars and uh, who had the impact were actors and actresses. And so that's initially what I set out to do was to be an actor, a film writer, like Reese Witherspoon was my my role model of like having a production company, writing your own uh, scripts and being able to have that sort of uh, Clint Eastwood style career and of just being able to do all the things inside of production. Well, now as an entrepreneur, I look back and I'm like, well, that's kind of what I do anyways, is as an entrepreneur, you're the director of the show. You're the executive producer if there's no additional uh, you know, investors involved with your business. You are the producer of the content. You are the, um, the lead actor if you're the one who's on the shows and doing, um, doing the podcasts and doing the YouTube shows. So in essence, I got to fulfill my dream. It just wasn't in the form that I had expected it to be because when I had every achievement that I had, I found out that I wasn't 100% fulfilled. When my film got picked up by Lionsgate and Netflix and I was at the premiere, I was like lifelong dream, feature film, written on the big screen, and I was surprised that I was only about 90% fulfilled. And it was when I was in like two weeks later after the film premiered, I found out from a friend of a friend who had brought her son, because when you have a, when you write a movie, you get extra tickets. And I just passed out them like candy. And this woman had brought her son to the film and he changed his life. Mm. Because the film was a story of a young kid who gets caught up with the cool crowd. He starts doing and dealing drugs and he starts going down a bad path. And this kid was literally on that same path. And he saw the film and he changed his life. And I said, that, that brought me the fulfillment. I was like, that's what I want to do. And I didn't know how. So at first I thought, well, maybe it's from Pilates. And I had been 
a Pilates instructor to supplement my career in Hollywood because you need a bridge job when you get started and I didn't want to wait tables. So Pilates was a great way that allowed me to um, set my own schedule and also do something that really made me feel good in my body that made me take care of my health. It was something that I had personally experienced transformation through because I had battled a 10 year battle with bulimia and Pilates was one of the tools that I used It made me fall in love with my body again. And I loved it so much that I was like, I have to teach this. And so I got to do something that I loved, but Pilates never 100% fulfilled me either because I didn't just want to be a fitness person. I never sought out to be the fitness guru and I loved the body, but really what I loved was the mindset mm -hmm. because I saw that from coaching people of all different backgrounds and genders and uh, health and medical things, I realized that it wasn't really what people uh, – weighed or what how often people exercised or what they actually put in their body what mattered was how they thought about themselves and when i saw that continuous correlation i saw that same mindset need to be applied in business as well after i was bought out of my e-commerce company i saw that the the mindset plays such a key and pivotal piece of all the limiting beliefs and all the the should be and I've always been one to challenge those beliefs. And, and if it's not something that I feel, I, if it's not a story that I feel I really like. So you've changed your narrative, right, yourself. And it, it sounds like today you, you help others do the same, you know. So how do you, how do you, um, approach removing barriers that might limit ourselves from becoming our most authentic and best selves? It starts with first awareness. Like that's the hardest one to move through because we don't want to, we're not aware of what we're not aware of. And <laughs> when we're in that stage of unawareness, we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know that we don't know it. So we think we know it all. And so it starts with being able to check our egos and actually allow ourselves to god forbid be wrong mm -hmm. and that is the the biggest and the hardest leap to take is just to allow yourself to adopt the mindset of the learner to adopt the mindset i like to think of it like as an anthropologist so instead of you feeling the judgment of oh my gosh i'm wrong i've been wrong about this and then the guilt and shame that goes on with that if if you feel because when we hate being wrong we've been taught from educational school days that you get the wrong answer and that you fail and so we don't like being wrong and so being able to instead of the right versus wrong being able to adopt the mindset of the learner and from an anthropological perspective, if we take on, if we put on like our anthropology hat and like study ourselves, study how we're thinking and we rec start to recognize, oh, okay, I realize that I'm thinking this thought or I'm feeling this thing and I don't like the way that's feeling or I don't like the way that thought is making me feel. I don't like how that's uh, that thought or that feeling is making me show up for my business or for my children or for my husband. So what could, is it possible that I could think something different? Is it possible that I could feel something different? And then making a new decision and choosing into something new. And that's that's the scariest part is making that new decision because then we go into the unknown and we don't know if that's gonna be the right or wrong answer. We don't know if that's gonna be the right or wrong thing. 
But what I tell all my clients is the only wrong answer is not making a decision. So even if you make the wrong decision, quote unquote, wrong decision, consciously, you then get what's this beautiful thing called feedback, which lets <laughs> you know, okay, I didn't like these results that I got. So it comes down to cause and effect. So when you're conscious and aware of the thoughts, the feelings, the habits that you're doing, the results that they're producing, cause and effect, then that allows you this space of saying, oh, okay, I can, if, if I don't like the effect, if I don't like the result that I'm getting, if I don't like the, the, and maybe the result is the feeling that you're feeling, or the result is you feel, you know, judgment or resentment, or you feel weighed down, or you feel shame or guilt about a choice that you made, then that allows you, that gives you guidance, that gives you feedback to say, okay, well, what was the cause of this? And then that puts you, that moves you through that first stage of learning, where no longer are you not knowing what you don't know, and then you don't know you don't know it, and so you think you know it all, you're now in that really messy stage of learning that is conscious incompetence, where we're aware of what we don't know, but we don't know what we need to know, so we're in that stage of learning. And that stage is the beautiful stage that I see my kids in that I think sometimes gets programmed out of us as we go through school and as we go into adulthood, um, because my children, I have a four-year-old and I have a th uh, almost three-month-old, and they are just these like little sponges of absolutely messy learning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I know. Yes. Incompetence. And they know that they don't know something like, you know, when I first saw my son learning how to walk, he knew that he didn't know how to walk. He knew that he wanted to learn because he would start trying to learn and he fell on his butt so many times. In fact, a uh, study shows that a toddler falls 10,000 times <laughs> before they actually successfully learn how to walk. And yet how often as adults are we allowing ourselves to have those 10,000 butt falls so that we can figure out and pivot and be in that space of the messy learning? Right. So as you talk about this first we just we have to be self-aware then we have to be vulnerable and then we have to be willing to adopt a uh, student mindset and then we have to be okay with being uncomfortable right as we're learning there's a lot there but if i were to back all the way up you know how do we know that we have a self-limiting mindset to begin with and is it because we get super comfortable and maybe good is the barrier to great and we just don't stop to think about what's possible? Like talk about like how do we even know we have a self-limiting mindset? I think it comes down to always questioning because, uh, and I do agree with what you said, Maria, that good is very much the barrier to great. Because especially when you get to that space of comfort mm -hmm. and where things are okay, like they're not, like the hardest, it's very easy to change from a place of like severe pain where you're like, I'd never want to feel this again. I hate this. Right. I want like, I, this is absolutely awful. However, some people, and I've been there too, where we get comfortable with the discomfort. So back when I first started my business, it was right after I was bought out of my e-commerce company, I was so 
riddled with doubt because it was the first time going through that buyout experience was the first time I'd had any of my insecurities of not being enough or being old, uh, being, being younger at the time, being a woman, being a very feminine woman, um, that I had these insecurities brought to light by professionals in the past, by quote unquote professionals, by lawyers. And in the past, I'd always been very audacious and very courageous with my career. If I'd wanted something, I went for it. Like when I wanted to write a screenplay, I, I said, like, why don't I write it? Um, when I when I wanted to do something, I would go for it and do it. When I wanted to become a Pilates instructor, within three months, I was I, if I had I was in a program, I was in a course, and I was the the top student there. Like I when I want, I had no holds barred when it came to my career. When it came to my body and my personal relationships, I had all those doubts show up there, but never I'd ha- had I had it show up in my career. And so when I was bought out of my e-commerce company, I had the greatest gift because suddenly all these old demons that I thought I had dealt with through my body and my my um, relationships, I was able to love find get finally get to a place where I love my body, find an amazing partner, my husband who is just just with the babies right now and just such a godsend, like. And I was able to conquer all that, but but suddenly I had this doubt in my business and I'd never had that before. And so for a year and a half in my business, I wasn't making any money. I was dabbling. I was doing what I call productive procrastination, where you're always busy, but you're never busy doing the things that actually move the needle. So you're doing the things like research. I was really good <laughs> um, you're doing the things like buying another course. You're doing the things like buying the equipment, but never actually filming the video or recording the podcast. Like I was doing all those things, like do, taking you know three months to develop a website. Um, I was doing all these things, but never actually anything that moved the needle, which is sales, because I was so scared of rejection. And so in that space, I got very comfortable with being in debt. I got very comfortable with spending money I didn't have. I got very comfortable with taking a pay because I I felt so insecure that I didn't even trust myself as a Pilates instructor, even though I'd had my own Pilates business, that I went and took a side job teaching Pilates at a chiropractic office because I didn't trust myself to be able to bring in enough money. Um, And there's that old not enough belief. And so I took a side job teaching Pilates for less than what I started teaching Pilates for eight years ago. I was, my self-worth was so low and it was in that space that I got so comfortable with my self-worth being so low because I was very comfortable with those old beliefs, those old beliefs of low self-worth, low self-esteem, doubting myself, doubting my capabilities. I'd experienced those in my body. I'd experienced those in relationships. And so there was a level of comfort with, ex- with experiencing them in my business. And so for a year and a half, I didn't make any money in my business. Mm. And I got comfortable with that fact until... I wasn't and I started to have those like uncomfortable feelings, but never anything that really pushed me over the edge to move the needle. And then I found out I was pregnant with my first son and that shifted everything. That was something that I suddenly had to come face to face with the reality that I wasn't in a space where I I wasn't in a mindset that I wanted to be the mother of my children. Like I, I wanted to be the mother of my children, but I didn't, right. I wasn't in a mindset for what I wanted to be as a mom, for the role of what I knew mom required me to be because I grew up with an addict. And so the, the role of mom, the role of parent was a role that I held so much higher than any other role. And so in order to really elevate 
and those self-limiting beliefs, you have to elevate your role. And when you elevate the role of mom scared me more than the role of CEO scared me more than the role of moneymaker. So I knew that by making money in my business, by going out for sales, by facing rejection, by facing judgment, by putting myself out there, those were acts of courage that I needed to take to not only strengthen me as a business owner and actually produce results, but also make me the mom that I knew I needed to be. And the great thing about being pregnant is it gives you a deadline. I had nine months. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you had a deadline. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy to use site management tools and powerful do it your way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Miami is more than beaches, palm trees, and fun in the sun. It's home every year to the Miami Book Fair, celebrating its 39th year of hosting authors and readers from around the world, November 13th through the 20th. Join us in downtown Miami at the Wolfson campus of Miami-Dade College. Connect with over 500 authors reading from their books in English, Spanish, French, and Creole, answering questions and signing hard copies. The 2022 edition of the Miami Book Fair welcomes everyone of all ages to come together, meet, and make new friends, exchange ideas, and discover one's next favorite author. Let's explore, discover, and learn together. Featured authors will include award-winning novelists, Anthony Horowitz, Ben Mesrich, Craig Johnson, Danny Shapiro, Elena Shapiro, Jimmy Attenberg, poet Sandra Cisneros, and authors writing about the trending topics of the day. Lisa Genova, Jerry Stahl, Marie Brenner, Mark Kurlansky, Samantha Cole, Stacey Schiff, Katie Tour, and many others. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFair.com. Follow the fair at Miami Book Fair and join the conversation hashtag Miami Book Fair 2022. You know what you're describing, I've heard I've heard others describe as finding your why. You know, what what is it that's going to truly motivate you? Why are you doing what you're doing? What is that higher level um, desire that you have to do all these other things, right? So it sounds like your desire to be the mother, the kind of mother that you wanted to be for your child became your why. And that is what really motivated you to get your act together, right? Yeah. And you know what's interesting, Maria, is that having coached entrepreneurs for about five years now, I've seen that the why is not some like, as much as we want to think it's like impacting millions and having this like global impact. Typically, when you get really granular, the why is one person. Mm -hmm. The why is one very specific person um, that you just feel called to be of service to. And that 
whole because all all of the fears that we have judgment rejection the fear of success the fear of loss after success the fear of losing what we succeed at the fear of failure all of these fears are all about us they're all whenever i hear a client start the sentence with like oh but you know i'm doubting myself again and i don't know if i'm ready or i'm scared of succeeding i always ask them the question why are you being so effing selfish and it throws them off guard and it's quite harsh when i say it but it, it smacks them into a space of like wait what do you mean and I, I point out the fact that every one of the doubts and that they fears, every one of the sentences that they just said, all started with I. Right. I, I'm scared to do this. I'm scared of rejection. I'm scared of failure. I'm scared of success. I'm scared of, you know, I, I'm scared of, you know, overshadowing my siblings or my parents or all of these big fears. They're all about us. Mm-hmm. And so if we can just shift our perception from being on the self to being of service, to being on someone else, that's a, that shift in and of itself changes the game for how we show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Cause it, we can serve up all kinds of excuses to ourselves. Right. Oh yeah. But when we have to be beholden to someone else, right. Or we are mentally focused on someone else, then it's about, you're right. It's about them. And um, we probably do our best work when we are in service of someone else, right? You just can't do it for yourself. Can't just work for yourself. Isn't that a, there's a song or something. There, right? but do it for yourself, right? <laughs> I do it for yourself so that you can really work for others. Yes. But it's not working for others in the form of like a job. No. It's, it's, it's working what, for others. What that allows you to do. Yes. Like that's Yes, yes. What that what that allows you to do, which is why that why has to be super high level, right? It's it's about really what what inspires you um, to do all this work down here, um, and typically it's because you it's an outward facing mission, right? You want to achieve something, and unlikely because it's about being better for someone that you love or being better because it's going to make their lives better. I mean, when I think about myself, of course, that's what I think about too, because I'm a mom. So of course, that's first and foremost. But so, you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, one, we just really need to sit and be thoughtful about where we are with our lives right now. And how do we feel? How do we really feel about that? Are we comfortable with have we gotten comfortable with all the bad stuff? You yeah. know, like I like I like to say we've become um, blind to the mess. Like, you know, you live in a house that's messy and you become blind to the mess or you live in a house that smells and you, be, you know, like dog and you become blind, you know, nose blind. Like, have we become blind to this stuff? So really to take the time for a critical look around our life to see have we been ignoring these things, right? And then to truly figure out, are are we ready to get out of that comfort zone so that we can reach great, right? Go from good to great. And then we have to really get comfortable with being uncomfortable, in other words, right? Yeah. And I I love that you, you said about being blind to the mess. I like to frame it as like, what are you tolerating? Mm-hmm. Like, 
because I tolerated being in debt. I tolerated being an under earner. I tolerated making less than I, I believed I was worth. And now I no longer believe in like the whole idea of charging what you're worth. Cause I'm like, you're priceless. The services and, and and the and products that you provide, those have a have a price point, but you as a human being are priceless. Mm-hmm. And so that I tolerated a lot in my life. And when I look at that and when I ask that question, because we can constantly ask that question of like, what are we tolerating? And as soon as we allow ourselves to really sit with that, because most most times people the, the biggest the biggest barrier that we have is immediately cutting down the, a question and saying, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm not tolerating. I don't know what I'm tolerating mm-hmm. because, and that is just our conscious mind. That's the ego wanting to say, stay where you are, mm-hmm. stay in the safe space. Stay in a it's safe a protective, space. It's, a, it's, a totally it's a protective, protective reaction. Yeah. Reaction versus sit with the question. And what are you really tolerating? Are you tolerating having an okay relationship with your kids? Are you tolerating feeling frustrated on a regular basis and waking up frustrated? Are you tolerating a level of stress that's that you could easily alleviate if you just hired a, a, an assistant? Or like, what are you tolerating in your life, in your business, for your body? Are you tolerating those extra 10 pounds that you have on just because, oh, well, I don't have the time. Because then when we start to really ask that question of what are we tolerating, we start to see our excuses that we make for the the things that we're experiencing. And And then we start to eliminate the excuses, right? Which can be a very painful and uncomfortable process. But to your point, this is, and this is what you coach on, right? You know, you're the expert, but it's about eliminating those barriers, eliminating those excuses, right? So that we can work through those to achieve probably the, I mean, the optimal or as close to optimal person that we can be. Yeah. And it it always is evolving. Right. I mean, imagine if like it's, it's an, a quote unquote impossible goal to completely fulfill our potential because if we are of a learner's mindset, we will always, there will always be more. It's like it. And the beautiful thing is falling in love with the possibility of becoming it. That's right. Yeah. Like optimizing, being optimizing is a lifelong goal, right? You're never going to fully optimize. So I have to ask you because you have done so much, but to your point, there's been connective tissue throughout everything that you've ever done. So I don't want to lose sight of that. You're not schizophrenic, right? There's been a a method. Um, What do you see yourself doing? You know, as you think about your next dream, as you're, as you try to continue to optimize along your path like what's what's next for you well what's literally next for me is a dream that i have had for years i I just landed a ted talk oh yay congratulations well when's that gonna be do we know yet (laughs) oh my gosh oh wow (laughs) so i'm really excited for that that's been it that's been a dream of mine for a long time i'm releasing my first solo book next year um my 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 dad passed in January of this year and going through that experience I the the possibility of having dreams die inside of me mm-hmm. it's I'm unavailable for it yeah. because I saw all the things that my dad wanted to create but never was 
quite intentional about what he was moving forward and his action steps. His actions didn't really align with his intentions. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I said, well, you know, there, I could, I could continue to live by the excuses of like, oh, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe it's not the right time that like when I got the opportunity to, to, to do a Ted talk and finding out that it was in like three weeks, um, <laughs> I was like, I was asked by the organizers, like, do you think like, art, will you be ready? And I said, you know, I don't think anyone is ever ready. I said, but I will be prepared. And good answer. Good answer. I, and, and, that's, <laughs> And, and that, that just leaning in and having the courage to lean into the, to grow, lean into the space where there's growth, lean into that discomfort of you're probably not ready. You're you're probably not ready for any next level that you're going to be leaning into. When we decided to stay in Australia, um, in March of 2020, we were over here for a conference. We packed for three weeks for vacation and that was the, my parents were coming over to come stay with us for vacation and we're going to have a little Aussie vacay and then go home and the pandemic hit and we decided we said we loved how Queensland we loved Queensland we loved the Gold Coast and we just had this compelling feeling of like I just need we need to stay here yeah, um, yeah. and I don't know why we're we're still here it, it's beautiful. <laughs> We love it. We where my husband is now getting to fulfill his dream of going to chef school. We didn't feel ready a hundred percent, but we did trust that feeling that said that guided us yes. to say, "Stay." I did trust that feeling that guided me to say, "Say yes to the TED Talk." I, I'm trusting that feeling that guided me to say, "Launch the YouTube channel," even though, you know you know, you don't feel ready, even though you don't really need to add another form of content production. I, I still leaned into that. And now I, it expanded our team by, by two. Um, so it, it, it exponentially grew. And those feelings of not readiness, that means that's a sign that you're right at that space to lean in. Yes. And so I just right. constantly took those cues and, and I had to remember that that's how I've always operated in business. For those few years when I first got started with Crown Yourself after I was bought out of my e-commerce company, I didn't have that. And now I've remembered who I am, the person who makes those audacious asks, the person who leans in when she doesn't feel ready, the person who says, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out, but let's give it a go. And and who trusts that even if, even if I fall on my face, I still will figure out how to get back up. I will learn something powerful and it'll be an even better lesson for the next thing that I'm about to do and embark on. That's right. And And it's what you teach your own clients, right? Like you're living what you're coaching and that's the best, honestly, that's the best lesson you can give your own, your own clients, right? So, yeah, no. uh, So here's the thing. You're going to have to follow up with me and you're going to have to send me the link to your TED Talk so that when this podcast finally airs, which is not going to be until I think November, I can promote your TED Talk and get that That out there. Yes. And when you get possibility. Yes, exactly. And when you get your book out there, you've got to tell me because we're going to promote that too. Um, 
sadly, we're out of time, but I could talk to you forever and just, um, you're so inspirational. And I want to let everybody know that they should go to crownyourself.com. That's probably the best place, right, for them to learn more about you, Kimberly, and what you do and your own story, your own journey, which we barely touched on today, but um, so much more there and obviously much more to look forward to with the TED Talk and the book and everything everything else you've got going there in Australia while you're still there. So like, congratulations. Like having another baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, why not? And why not? Right? Why not? <laughs> Congratulations on everything. And thank you so much for making time to chat with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Maria. It has been a pleasure. I could I could keep the conversation going as well. It's been awesome talking with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch uh, what you do next. And so thank you. So everyone go to crownyourself.com, learn more about Kimberly and what she does there with her high achievement coaching and the book that's coming out soon. And of course, the TED Talk. And thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And thank you for taking the time to listen today. And Until next time, continue pursuing your dreams. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.